Good afternoon, dear listeners. Welcome to our 10 of our quest, Pledge Drive, Seek His Kingdom. Thank you so much, dear listeners, for all of your support so far, your prayer support, your financial support of this wonderful Catholic station. I am Mari Cleveland. I was just here with you over the last hour, uh, which was normally my shelter and peace hour. And with Janice Givens, we had a wonderful time um, talking. And so we thank you guys for those of you who are still calling in to uh, support the quest and to be part of our our new show too, uh, prayer um, sh- prayers for the family keeper, our brand, uh, brand new show, the family room. So we thank you for that. And in a few minutes, Rachel's going to uh, mention several of you who called in about that. But I do want to say I am so excited. One of the things that we just mentioned was how we get to meet amazing people. Um, amazing priests, amazing deacons, amazing lay people who are offering so many gifts um, to us here at the Quest and to you by extension. Um, And so today I get to meet two brand new, two brand new gentlemen. I only have gotten to speak to them on the phone very, very very briefly and got to meet them for like literally a minute and a half before we started. Um, But we have um, Father Tipton from St. Allred's in Bishop, Georgia, which is near Athens. So welcome, Father, to the Quest. Thank you. And we also have Deacon Ed, who is from St. George in Noonan, Georgia. Thank you. I'm so glad to have both of you. And when I say our, our, our guests at the Quest, our volunteers at the Quest, have such a heart for Catholic Radio and a heart for you, our listeners, and a heart for faith, both of these gentlemen drove very far to be here through this terrible weather this morning just to be able to be in studio live with us here in Roswell, Georgia. So we thank you both so very much. Um, so as we always do, all good things begin with prayer. So Father Tipton, would you be willing to open us in prayer this hour? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we ask for the intercession of thy servant, Blessed Patrick, Apostle and Patron of Ireland, that you would bless our conversation, our listeners, and all thy servants. To with thee, and thy Son, and the Holy Ghost, be all honor and power, world without end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Holy Spirit. That was beautiful. And you have a great radio voice. Do I? You do. (laughs) Okay, wonderful. (laughs) Okay, so before we get started, Rachel, you said you do have a few people you wanted to mention already. Yes, and Mari, I'm so glad that you're still here to hear these because we got a couple more donors for your last hour. So thank you to Ann Patrick from Peachtree Corners and Kelly and Danio B from Cumming that says Family Keeper. So thank you to those two more donors for this last hour. Um, Would you like to hear about our goals for this hour? Yes, I was just about to ask you that, Rachel. Perfect. Perfect reading (laughs) each other's minds. So this hour, we have a goal of getting 12 calls, 12 donors. Guys, last time our goal, we were shooting for like 30, 40. We can get 12 easy. I think we can get 12 in the first half. So let's get 12 callers. And we have a matching gift this hour of $2,000. So that's $2,000. The first $2,000 that are donated will be doubled. So call early and you are you feel like you're donating $1, but you're donating two for every single dollar you donate. Um, that number to call is 470 1160, or you can go online to thequestatlanta.com. That does start with the, thequestatlanta.com, and just click the donate button, make our lives very easy if the phone lines are busy, and make your life easy so you're not sitting there waiting and missing this great hour that you're about to hear. That's great. Thank you so much, Rachel. So, Deacon Ed, you volunteered to be um, a co-host with us today. That is so very kind of you. We're thankful for that. Thank you. Yeah. So what that also means is that you get to say the number, um, although Father will let you say the number as well. So uh, we need to make sure you can see that number. You'll be able to say the number and encourage people as well. Oh, it's on the walls. It's kind of all over here, right? You can't miss it. It's everywhere. That's right. It's everywhere. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so we, we've also, because this is St. Patrick's Day, and thank you for that beautiful prayer um, for St. Patrick in it at the very beginning, Father. We also said, okay, what about your Irish surnames? And I told the listeners last hour that my great-grandmother was Annie Ellen O'Toole um, from County Cork. And yes. apparently I have her nose, so I think I come <laughs> by, honestly, apparently, the, the Irish connection there. How about you, gentlemen? Well, actually, uh, I'm 100% Irish. Oh, Deacon so, Ed, seriously. And- and uh, yes, the name Buckley, it's, uh, it's a derivation of Gaelic. Uh, Wakilog just means uh, young boy. Young boy. Yes. yes there you go. And um, <laughs> I'm very blessed uh, to have a 100% Irish family. And as a matter of fact, my granddaughter, um, Isabella, was born today on St. Patrick's Day. It's her birthday. So happy birthday, Izzy. Love oh, you. Happy birthday, Isabella. That's yeah. great. That yeah. is wonderful. 
That's great. I thought you were also going to say that she was an Irish dancer or something well, like that. Well, see, her mom yeah, is 100% Irish and looks just like her, as a matter of fact. Uh, just red like hair, Rachel blue with eyes. the beautiful red hair and blue eyes. <laughs> and, uh, and her name is Erin, which means Ireland in Gaelic. So, ah, that's yeah, wonderful. So we're kind of carrying, this is a big day for us. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. And Father, what about you? Do you have some Irish roots? I have a little bit. My pedigree is not as amazing as Deacon's here, so <clears throat> I've got O'Briens that are kind of distant family. There you go. Okay. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I think we all, and if, you, if you've been to Ireland, you guys been to Ireland? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're in Ireland, it's amazing because as Americans going to Ireland, I remember going the first time when I was in my early 20s, and I didn't realize that Irish people really felt like we were their cousins, like we are so close kin. And I knew I had this Irish ancestry, but even if you don't, if you're American, they are, they just love us. It's so cool. Yes, it was wonderful to be there. Everybody looked like you were related to them somehow. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah. That's great. Okay, so we already have some new donors to announce. And if you are thinking about being a donor, once again, Deacon Ed, you want to tell them the phone number? Yes, the number to call into is 470-508-1160, like you see on your radio dial. So makes it a lot easier for you to remember. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, you can go online to thequestatlanta.com. And uh, there's an ability there to donate online as well. Exactly. Yeah. And you can donate one time or you can do a monthly or however you want to give. Great. Okay, Rachel, we got some new donors. Well, speaking of monthly, I just wanted to go on and jump in and announce this donor we just got. Thank you to Robert H. from Noonan. And Robert... Uh, just became a monthly donor. So I'm not sure if you guys got to hear any of the uh, earlier Pledge Drive hours, but there is something special that we do when we get a monthly donor and a couple other things. Mm-hmm. Mari's passing the bell across the table. Who would like to ring our bell? Father Tipton. All right. Thank all you, right. Robert H. Yeah, thank you, Robert. And so we will ring our bell for all monthly donors. We'll ring our bell for a station guardian. If you're a station guardian, that means that you're donating $100 or more per month. Um, a leadership giver, you don't want to commit to $100 a month, but you could commit to, commit to a one-time $1,000 donation. Leadership givers, you know, we haven't mentioned this recently, but the leadership givers get a special gift today. Um, and throughout the pr- pledge drive, so long as we have them, we have a book in here, The Consecration to St. Joseph by uh, Father Calloway, who will be on later in the four o'clock hour. And we are giving that away to um, our station guardians and our leadership givers. So if you'd like to make that commitment, uh, we have this book sitting here in studio. It's uh, we're all we're all staring at it right now. And that's a eyeing great book, it, yeah. by the way. Um, my wife is reading through it right now as well. She listens to Father mm-hmm. Calloway. That's great. Yeah, good. And that's you know that's so interesting that you say that your wife is doing it because I was thinking that the consecration to Saint Joseph was for men. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to somebody about that because I've done the consecration to Mary, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I didn't realize that it was also for women. So mm-hmm. I had just learned that yesterday. So I love hearing that, Deacon, that your wife is actually doing it right now. Yeah. Okay, before we get off the topic of your wife, I need to. I want to tell our listeners, because this is so cool, because this is how we kind of connected yesterday when we spoke for the first time. So tell us a little bit about your wife and, and your story. Um, well, um, as I was just bragging about all, all of my Irish heritage here, but... Uh, my, uh, my lovely wife is actually Japanese. I met her when I was in Japan in the military, and I was just telling Father Tipton before we came on the air the, the story, uh, long story short, of how we met. Uh, I was uh, going to church on base, and I was invited to a party. Uh, the party was the same night that we had a squadron function, so I had to say, sorry, I can't, I can't go. Well, the function got canceled. I ended up going to this party, when I was there, I sat down on the couch. Somebody wanted to sit next to me. I had to move over. I'm sitting next to my, my future wife. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I was saying uh, there was a radio program uh, online, Armed Forces Radio and Television, yep. where they told you not to be the ugly American, you know, so when you went out in town. And it sounded like someone that was uh, a redneck, and the commercial went something like this. Uh, hey, do you speak English? And the Japanese woman said, uh, yes, I do. He goes, well, can you tell me where the train station is? And she says, yes, I do. And then says, hey, learn the language, right? <laughs> so I slide over. I'm sitting next to my future wife. And I say, hey, do you speak English? And I, then I cringed. I was like, please don't say, yes, I do. She said, yeah. So yeah. There, there so. we go. There, so, so it's wonderful. And, and we 
I am from Guam, and mm-hmm. Guam is very close to Japan, so I was very excited to yep. hear that, that you're what. many times. Well, and the thing that I loved hearing was that you said that you found um, one of the few Catholics in Japan or, or yes. something like that. God yes. had just ordained that the person you happened to sit next to on the couch there was not only Japanese, so beautiful in that culture, but also was Catholic, yep. which is wonderful. And that's the other story I was telling Father before we came, and uh, which was uh, when finally went out on our first date, I had to go pick her up at her small Japanese apartment and knocked on the door. She opened the door, said, I'll be right out and closed the door. There I am standing out on the porch. I'm going, smart girl, I could be an ax murderer. She has no idea. (laughs) Second date, same thing. Third date, she opens the door, doesn't invite me in, but leaves the door open. And so I'm just sitting there looking into the apartment. And what I notice on the wall that's parallel to my view is a crucifix. Ah. And so I'm going, wow, I wonder if she knows what that is. You know, I'm thinking she thinks it's something ornamental or, you know, Madonna wears one. She doesn't mean that she believes anything. So as she was coming out of the apartment, I said, hey, do you know what that is? She says, yeah, it's a crucifix. I'm Catholic. I said, you're Catholic? Oh, my gosh. You know, less than half a percent of the country is Catholic. Oh, wow. So, less yeah. than half a percent, but God It's our really small that. percentage, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, listeners, as you're listening in, you're listening in, we are on um, hour 10 of our pledge drive, Seek His Kingdom. And one of the things that's so wonderful is here on Atlanta Catholic Radio The quest is that we have local people who come in and talk and share their stories. And so we're getting to know Deacon um, Ed from uh, from Noonan, Georgia. He's from St. George in Noonan, Georgia. And um, and in just a minute, we're going to talk to Father Tipton as well. But so what's so wonderful about about this radio is that you guys are supporting the opportunity to just hear more about um, our local priests and deacons, but also just to be encouraged by their stories and how God has worked in their lives. So if you want to continue to support that, um, if you would call in and, and pledge for us, donate for us to support the station to 470-508-1160, or once again, you can go to thequestatlanta.com and uh, and offer your pledge. So, um, so thank you for, so much. Um, Deacon Ed for just sharing with us kind of how God ordained some things that were really special in your life. Yeah, That's great. It was amazing. That's great. Still is, hopefully, right, dear? <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you are following the pledge drive and you kind of know what our topics are, our topic for this hour was also about Anglicans coming home. And so we have just a really beautiful story um, from Father Tipton. And once again, Father Tipton is a priest at St. Allred in Bishop, Georgia, um, for those of you who know, but a bishop is near Athens, Georgia. And Father Tipton, I don't know much about your story, but um, the listeners and I both are going to hear and, and uh, more about you. But it sounds as if God really called you into service at a, a pretty young age because uh, you began your uh, your ministry not in the Catholic Church, but actually uh, in the Anglican Church, I understand, or yeah. the and we'll the, talk about the, Anglican the versus Episcopal Church, Church right? We'll yeah, talk about sure, the difference between there. those two. Yeah. Would you share some about your faith journey with us? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so I wasn't really raised in any sort of church in particular. Um, <clears throat> I uh, came to find out much, much later in my life that my mother, my mother was actually a lapsed Catholic. Didn't mm. know that growing up. Wow. Um, she would say a little prayer for me at night. I had that. Uh, I saw my father a few times read scripture. We never went to any sort of church, really, probably until I was about 12 we went to a, <coughs> pardon, uh, we went to a non-denom church, probably about three months, discovered the pastor was stealing lots of money. Oh, left goodness. And said, okay, all right, we're sort of done with that, right? We tried that, gave that a shot. Um, didn't really think much about God in high school, except as maybe someone who could get me that A when I didn't study before <laughs> test. Um, <coughs> it was really when I went to college, which I really didn't want to do either, and I didn't know what else to do, so I said, okay, I guess we'll go to college. And I fell into political philosophy. I liked political science, and from political science, I got into political philosophy. And um, I studied a lot of the uh, classical liberal thinkers like John Locke and the Federalists and and all these sorts of fellows. And from there, I began sort of pushing on a lot of axioms of modern political theory, on uh, rationality, selfishness, and uh, got forwarded to the philosophy program. Hmm. Um, I was at UGA. (coughs) Pardon? And uh, at UGA, I fell in with uh, a wonderful man, um, my mentor, um, Dr. Frank R. Harrison III, who's now departed, God rest his soul. And he taught me Plato. Hmm. And I learned Plato and Aristotle. And about that time, 
I had a good friend when uh, we were doing philosophy, and uh, I, I started asking sort of this question, you know, uh, so what does this mean if, if there is a God, right? I kept running these arguments for God's existence, cosmological arguments, ontological arguments, and I just had a sense that if that were true, then everything in my life would have to change. Hmm. My friendships, how I live, what I think, everything would have to change. And so I started talking <laughs> to various people. And so I ran into an argument from St. Anselm, um, why God became man, cure Deus homo. I knew nothing about what an archbishop was or Canterbury or any of that stuff, but I ran into an argument from him, and I realized that God, if he has perfect knowledge of himself, he must be omniscient, and therefore he has an image of himself, but God has no potentiality. He's perfect, right? Uh-huh. And so therefore his image must be real. And so I had this strange sort of, you know, um, intellectual argument my, argument in my head about, um, you know, God has to somehow be more than one, and yet one from a sort of natural law position. Huh. And so I realized, I was like, okay, so I can't be Jewish, I can't be Muslim, uh, I you know, can't be a Buddhist. Um, these Christians, though, with the whole Trinity thing, seem to have something. Maybe they're not crazy. Maybe they're not crazy. And, and at the same time, you know, um, I think not having um, the greatest moral compass as sort of a, a young pagan in a, a university town, um, you know, questioning, questioning friendships, questioning what is love, um, question, what is goodness, what is justice, what is truth, what is wisdom, you know, and I, having some sense of wanting these and not knowing how to find them. Mm. So <laughs> I started dabbling around in different denominations, going to different services, um, was, you know, found some good things in different denominations, Methodist, Presbyterian, non-denom, Evangelical, Baptist, you know, learned about scriptures and community, but uh, all in all sort of had a... Um, a sort of lack of satisfaction, if you will, with, mm. with each one of them. And I uh, picked up a KJV because I thought, okay, I should read the Bible. And surely that's the oldest Bible, right? <laughs> it's the King James. So <laughs> so I started reading that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my, my family uh, goes back to Georgia all the way to the 1700s. So there's just sort of a natural sense. It's just in the air, right? Anything but Catholic. Mm, right? Interesting. E- everything's on the buffet. And no it's all papists equal allowed, right? That's right. No <laughs> papists. That's right. Uh, anything but Catholic. So, you know, I church hopped. I church shopped a whole lot and was reading scriptures, and I kept running into arguments in the scriptures about the church. You know, the church is the bulwark and foundation of truth. And I thought, what does that mean, right? And so I started getting into arguments about uh, apostolicity, and and I'm like, there's got to be some sort of community thing that owns this book uh-huh. called the Bible. Uh-huh. And um, fell in through my mentor and other friends to the Episcopal Church. I went to Episcopal Church, and uh, the stained glass is beautiful, and the hymns are beautiful, and the homilies weren't half bad, and... And I, I really thought I had found something beautiful. Now, looking back, uh, what, what I saw, what I experienced, was really just uh, an artifact of medieval Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. cru- cruciform churches, beautiful hymns, the processions, yep. the, choir, the whole thing. And um, But so I, I found something in Anglicanism that was very beautiful. And so I thought, I've really found God. I found Christ. And these sacraments are really interesting. And, and so I pursued that. <laughs> I then went to... Um, Duke University, where I got an MDiv um, and studied with some very great um, theologians there, a number who were Catholic professors. Um, Dr. Reinhard Huta, who's now, I believe, still at Catholic University of America, and uh, Dr. Paul J. Griffiths. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I came out very, very Catholic-minded. I lived in a Catholic worker house that was Episcopalians. We we're bad Episcopalians. <laughs> <laughs> We were reading Peter Morin and Dorothy Day and stuff like this, and oh. Alistair McIntyre. So again. did they? Let, they let you in? They let you live in a Catholic worker house, even though you weren't Catholic. Well, it was Episcopalians. It was an Episcopalian. It was a bunch of Episcopalians who said, "Let's start a Catholic worker house." Really? Because we're oh. we're, we're Catholic lowercase C. That that's right. the the yeah, Anglican the Methodist kind of uh, argument, yeah, yeah. right? Right. Uh-huh. So we did all that, <clears throat> and um, I was an Episcopal priest for a while. I was a curate at a, a church in Athens, and I was a campus missioner at the the mission there at UGA, and. Did a lot of theology, philosophy, history, and um, sort of coming upon certain contradictions in polity and governance. And, and you know, just you sort of stare at a crucifix long enough, and you're like, I'm, you know, if the church is the body of Christ, I only see one of them being crucified here. Mm. So I have to actually say that the church I'm in is the church. Okay. Period. You know, and so, Father, this is so cool listening to this because I love how God always um, reaches us where we need him to reach us. And it, as, just by listening to you, you know, Deacon Ed and I both are sitting here with our jaws slightly dropped open, Rachel, you too, because it's like, wow, this guy is so smart. You know, so the intellect, and, and you even said it, you know, um, that there was this intellectual intrigue that started for you. So 
God reached you where you needed him to reach you through your intellect and started to feed that and get you to ask these great questions. So listeners, if you want to hear more of Father Tifton's story, would you please stay tuned? We're going to be going to a station break in just a second. But before that, two things. I want to remind you to call in to support Catholic Radio, support the quest to 470-508-1160. And then also, Rachel, you've got another donor to share? Yes, got a couple more donations. So thank you to... Uh, Robert H. from Noonan, Robert S. from Noonan, in honor of Deacon Ed. Um, We've also got Philip N. from Atlanta. Um, So we've also got, so we have two other donations that um, came in last night that we need to announce for some of the Tuesday hours. So thank you to Amy C. from Johns Creek, um, who dedicated a portion of, a a large portion of her donation to Deacon Jerry's hour, 4 p.m. Tuesday. You guys can listen to that in the archives. Uh, Probably next week they'll be up. And Amy C. from Johns Creek also donated to the five o'clock hour that was the hour about the book of esther podcast that we've been doing one of our local productions and that donation was in honor of linda sharnhorst who was who is incredible and she she was one of the voices in the book of esther podcast and that donation um looks to me like it's a leadership gift so in honor of linda i think we're gonna have to ring the bell would somebody like to ring the bell Woo-hoo! All right. Yay. There That's- we go. So let's say that number again. Um, Deacon, would you tell us the number again, yes, please? Yes, absolutely. Please call in 470-508-1160 on St. Patrick's Day. It's a wonderful way uh, during Lent here to y- use the uh, almsgiving portion of our Lenten journey, right? Giving, giving to the poor. Here we can help the poor in spirit, perhaps, right? So 470-508-1160 or go online to thequestatlanta.com. That's great. That's great. And and um, what you just said, Deacon Ed, I don't know if you even know that. It was so cool. But when Carol Tearsmith first started this station, she kept hearing from God that he wanted her to serve the poor. He wanted her to serve the poor. And so she went on a hunt, kind of like Father Tipton, what you're talking about. You went on a hunt and you kept on looking and looking and you were church hopping and even faith, shop, faith shopping in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Carol was checking out all the different ways that she could serve the poor and nothing seemed to really strike her. And she and I ran into each other after mass and she reminded me later of this story, but she said, Mari, you know, I've been working on this, you know, would you pray with me and just talk to me about this? And I said, and God just dropped in my mind that very phrase. And I said, Carol, maybe he's asking you to do something for the poor in spirit. And that took her out of that direction and headed her in this direction. And God has continued to just use her in mighty ways ever since then. The voice, St. Patrick, he heard the voice. The voice, right, right. exactly. And God speaks to each of us in such beautiful ways. So once again, listeners, if you want to hear more about wonderful um, faith stories, conversion stories, all kinds of amazing ways that will not only encourage you and um, strengthen your own faith, but also maybe give you hope as well, um, please continue to tune into the Quest Atlanta Catholic Radio. And once again, Deacon Ed, would you give that phone number one more time? Yes, 470 508 1160. 1160, like on your AM dial, right? So 470 508 1160. Come on, everybody. Let's hear from you. We really want to uh, push this over the, the Holy 12 for. For this hour. Yes, exactly. That's our that's our goal is to have 12 donors call in this hour. So please be one of those. And we are waiting for you. You can call in during the station break as well. So we're heading to station break right now. We'll see you back in just a few minutes. AM 1160 The Quest challenges you to invite a friend to listen to The Quest this Lent. Why not spread the good news? Invite a friend to listen to The Quest Atlanta today. A reading from the first letter of John, chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. The way we came to know love was that he laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If someone who has worldly means sees a brother in need and refuses him compassion, how can the love of God remain in him? Children, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and in truth.
Does your parish, community organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160 The Quest's community calendar. It's easy, and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of The Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. AM 1160 The Quest is your metro-wide Atlanta Catholic radio station. Our programming is rooted in the teachings of the Catholic Church and helps listeners learn new and fascinating aspects of our faith. Here at The Quest, our mission is simple and powerful, to invite, inform, and inspire listeners to embrace their journey of faith through the beauty of the Catholic Church. The Quest team continues to hear wonderful testimonies from listeners all around Atlanta. One listener shared, The Quest helps me grow my faith every day I listen. Every day, I feel the Holy Spirit talking to me through The Quest. If I have a question, it seems like the answers come to me through this Catholic radio station in a timely manner. I enjoy the programming, and yes, it has changed me. It's definitely changed me. None of this would be possible without listeners just like you. We are a 100% listener-supported station. A donation of any amount helps to cover the ongoing operational expenses. Your donation is helping to bring your fellow Catholics and Christians closer to Christ. To donate, visit thequestatlanta.com. Do you have a friend or family member who's seeking to grow in their spirituality? Know someone who's fallen away from their faith? Why not invite them to listen to AM 1160 The Quest? We offer a wide variety of the most prominent voices on Catholic Radio. There are four great ways to listen to The Quest. On your radio at AM 1160, online at thequestatlanta.com, on your smart speaker, and on the Quest Atlanta app. Please invite a friend to listen to AM 1160 The Quest today. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. And we are here in our pledge drive, Seek His Kingdom. Um, we're so glad to be here with um, Deacon Ed from Noonan, Georgia, and Father Tipton from Bishop, Georgia. And um, we are just getting to hear, we were just right before the break, we got to hear the beginnings of um, Father's story of how God called him, how God called him from um, actually not really having a faith life at all, growing up without much of one. Although I do have to say as a mother, I was very intrigued with the fact that even though your mother was a fallen away Catholic, she still was praying for you. And a mother's prayer, you know, in, in scripture where it tells us that the prayers of a righteous man avail much, I kind of feel like the prayers of a of a, a mama avail even more sometimes. <laughs> so absolutely, I think that's kind of fun. So you were just telling us, and and at the, right before the break, we got to hear about how uh, you guys, you um, you Episcopalians, had started a Catholic work of uh, living in a Catholic workhouse, which was kind of yeah, yeah, kind so, of cool. <clears throat> so we um, yeah, we essentially started a, a little Catholic worker community within the Episcopal Church, and it, it was kind of a thing uh, set apart. I mean, you know, when you're Episcopalian, you're sort of Catholic-minded, uh, you sort of have to carve out a space yeah, uh, just to exist. So what that did, though, is it actually it, it made me more Catholic-minded. Mm -hmm. So uh, we would rise up every morning at 6.15 and have um, our fake Mass, <laughs> the Liturgy <laughs> of the Eucharist, at 6.15, then I was deacon for that, and <clears throat> and then I'd go down to local parish, also worked at, and uh, would say morning prayer, and then we would have breakfast for people who were there, and breakfast for uh, folks who were homeless who lived catty corner, you know, and we just boiled eggs and cheese grits, and uh, wasn't much of anything, just sitting around eating and chit chatting, getting to know people, and, and that, but that kind of developed, and so eventually we befriended some of these people, and so we had these three houses, and yeah, one with families, and one with men, and one with women, so um, you know, if you get to know people for a while, you're like. Okay, we've got extra room, and you're homeless, so you want to move in. And um, so I did that for a while. Um, <clears throat> that was part of my formation, uh, and then I came back to uh, Athens, called back by my Episcopal bishop. And there's where I started sort of uh, reading and delving into things and sort of seeing um, 
uh, you know, where, where sort of the world was heading. It was interesting times. It was 2016. You know, I argue a lot of what's going on now sort of uh, fired up then in a lot of ways. But um, but more than that, it wasn't so much running from something as it was to something, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, on the break, Deacon, uh, you were saying about hearing the voice in St. Patrick and all that, right? I, I preached on St. Patrick this morning. Basically, everyone got a 10-minute summary of St. Patrick's confessions. Um, <laughs> um, when I was... Um, in college, church shopping, there was a moment where I, I heard a voice say, you should, you ought to be a holy man. And I thought, what in the world is that? Wow. <laughs> Didn't know what that meant and, and have spent probably a decade trying to figure that out. So their voice said, you, <clears throat> you ought to be a holy man. Uh, you should, you ought be a holy man. Wow. Yeah, and I didn't know what that meant. But I, I went home and I took all my, my applications to... Um, you know, um, colleges and grad schools I was looking at for political philosophy, and I threw them away. And I thought, okay, I got wow. something else. So and that was probably how I ended up in Duke, was I got in an argument with my mentor, uh, who taught me Plato and Aristotle and all this. And uh, he said, what are you doing when you leave school? And I said, well, I think I'm going to um, go to law school. He said, why would you do that? And, <laughs> and after about an hour, I couldn't win an argument, and I just wanted to be rational. So I said, oh, I don't know, Frank, what should I do? He said, well, you should go to uh, seminary. And I said, what is that? You didn't know what seminary was. Didn't know what it was. Wasn't even baptized yet. <clears throat> and uh, he said, you should go to divinity school. I said, I don't know what that is either. So uh, I was actually not baptized until the year after I graduated from UGA. And then probably eight or nine months later, I was suddenly in Duke Divinity School learning theology. So That is amazing. Um, I've come through everything to the side door and the back door and just like, I'm here <laughs> trying to figure stuff out. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, but to sort of fast forward a bit, um, Part of what I think um, what what impels people from Anglicanism towards the Catholic Church is that the more that Anglicans and Episcopalians um, pray the daily office, which is their version of the Liturgy of Hours, mm-hmm. you are uh, constantly entrenched in the Scriptures on the daily. Um, they're organized around the New and the Old Testament in, in such a way that the, the two mutually enrich and reveal one another mm-hmm. to each other. <laughs> and the more that you participate in something like uh, the Mass, which they would call the Liturgy of the Eucharist, um, and in personal prayers and almsgiving, uh, if, if you really try to live Anglicanism um, as best as you can, what happens is you accidentally pick up on all these very Catholic-minded practices. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the best metaphor that I've used for it is it's like you have these little bits of magnet in you. Okay. These little shreds, and they long to return back to home base. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you feel impelled. So. So what happened is there's all these Anglicans that were in a similar boat. Uh-huh. And so um, they kept knocking on Rome's door, right? And Rome was like, who are you and why are you here? And all these Anglicans were like, we want to come home. Hmm. Uh, individually or corporately, can we have a whole parish come over? And uh, what you find amongst most of them is, is the more they cared about the liturgy, the more they cared about the prayers, the more they care about the poor, uh, the more they start to see the need for authority and that there's one church mm. and that there's this one source of everything. Amen. Um, and so the, Rome responded, <laughs> really it was Pope Benedict, uh, Emeritus XVI, who responded with his um, document, Anglicanorum Chedibus, which essentially says in 2009, we're going to establish this diocesan-like structure hmm. called the ordinariate, which is largely actually pulling from a structure preexistent used in the military, right? So the military technically is not really an archdiocese is so much as it is a, um, a ordinariate, which basically just means it has a flying bishop. A flying or, bishop. Flying bishop, right? He's floating in the air and he oversees churches all over the United States, okay. right? Or wherever country he's in. So it's a non-geographical bishop. Okay. So our most of our priests here in Atlanta are with the archdiocese of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So you're explaining that this is an ordinary. It means that you're not part of the Archdiocese of Atlanta. You have a flying bishop. I have a flying bishop. Right, right. So I have a different bishop. Um, at the same time, we recognize that we exist in a particular geographical diocese. So well, we you know, get to know local local priests, and, and our bishop works with what other bishops our churches uh, happen to be in. And uh, you know, we, we all try to, to, to play nice and get to know each other and, and we have the same mission in a sense. However, the ordinary has a very particular mission in the Catholic Church, and that's what's really interesting about it is it was established to evangelize Protestants, wow, especially Anglicans, and to bring them home. That's sort of the first goal of it. And the second is to share what is called the Anglican patrimony in the Catholic Church. Okay, so hold that thought because I want to hear more about that. But before we do, I do know that we've got a number of donors who've been calling in. Yes, we do. Wow, this is 
Incredible. You guys, please keep calling. That number again is 470-508-1160 or go online to thequestatlanta.com. So thank you to Jose and Susan C. from Sharpsburg. Oh, you know what? That's a monthly donor. Deacon, would you like to ring the bell? Can we pass it down that way? I will because I know them. Yay! Go St. George. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Jose and Susan. Um, Eugene S. from Noonan. You know these two. They say in honor of Deacon Ed. So thank Thank you, you Eugene S. Um, Edward B. from Tampa, Florida in support of Deacon Ed. There we go. That's my son. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) And then Connie and Chris Z. from Noonan. Uh, Thank you, Connie and Chris. Andrew L., from Noonan. Let's see what Andrew says. Um, Deacon Ed from one of the three amigos and the St. George film crew. <laughs> Amen. So I guess Loving you know that. Andrew. That's, that's coronavirus stuff. Right? That's great. <laughs> and then we also, this one just popped in as I'm reading. Um, let's see. Oh, Mara, you'll like this one. I think it says, I think this one's for you. Kate S. from Alpharetta came in late for the 11 a.m. to hour today. Family keeper. So thank Yay, you, Kate, Kate S. as well. Wonderful. So there's our donors. But please, oh, I, I think Father wants to ring the bell. Go for it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so remember, our match this hour is $2,000. Um, we're trying to get 12 calls. I'll have to get a count. I wasn't counting as I went, but we were trying to get 12 calls this hour. I suspect we are almost there, but we are... Uh, got about a quarter of an hour left, so Let's please go for that keep calling. Dozen. Yes, right. exactly. Four seven zero five zero eight eleven sixty. Wonderful. Thank you, Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Before we do do that, we mentioned before we haven't told them about the coffee club oh, recently. Oh yeah. Do you have information on that? Because we've got I these do. really cool red coffee mugs that say the Quest on them. They're really pretty. Yes. So you can correct me if I'm wrong, Mari, but the coffee club um, is. We also call it the Dollar a Day Club. Yep. Uh, so you'll hear two different names for that. So the Dollar a Day Club. Um, Three six five. Depend. I guess if it's a leap year, you could do three hundred sixty six dollars. <laughs> um, and your gift that you receive from us is a beautiful red Quest coffee mug, and um, that's that's very tempting for me. I, I don't drink coffee, but I sure love coffee mugs, and you will too. So if you want to join our <laughs> coffee club, uh, please call in. That number again is four seven zero five zero eight eleven sixty, or go to thequestatlanta.com. That's great. Thank you so much, Rachel. And thank you, dear listeners. We so appreciate your support. And once again, we thank you for supporting the Quest Atlanta Catholic Radio. We want to be your radio station. We are working really hard to bring you more local shows, local programming, and also giving you the opportunity to hear some wonderful people who are um, in our, at least geographically speaking, in our archdiocese, because Father Tiffin was just explaining that he actually has a flying bishop. So, Father, let me go back to you, because that was very fascinating what you were sharing with us. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so the Catholic Church has essentially responded to all these Anglicans who um, really following the 60s, right? I mean, in the 60s, there was sort of this golden moment of ecumenicism, you know, like mm-hmm. Catholics and Orthodox and Anglicans were all talking, you know, uh-huh. this Vatican II. And and um, and so it, it took probably another 50 years or so, wow. right? But you have all these Anglicans who uh, have realized that a lot of their heritage um, has driven, has impelled them towards the Catholic Church mm-hmm. internally from within. Well, so, you know, Father, we did. We were talking about ecumenism right now, and uh, both Father and I share uh, a common person that we know. Ah. Uh, when I was in formation, uh, the the gentleman that taught us two years for Gospels was Father John Jenkins, Episcopal Father John Jenkins. He was an Episcopal priest. And he was teaching us Catholic deacons all about the gospel. Well, during that process, um, he went from being Father John, Episcopal priest, to Professor John, because he had stepped away from the Episcopal church, then became Father John, Catholic priest. Wow, wow. So, and, uh, and Father Tipton was telling me that you went to school with him. Right? We, we, yeah, so... Um... We were, both went through formation together. Right. Well, in in our things, chancery for the I want to capture this, though, too, because one of the things when you were sharing with that story with me briefly before we started on air is you said it was something about his relationship with you all, you Catholic deacons, that you guys touched him in a way. Well, that was, uh, he was gracious enough to share with us that he was going through a, uh, a time in his life where he, he was uh, having a child and uh, he 
couldn't uh, quite get to where he wanted to be in the Anglican Church. And while he was going through his struggles, all we did was show him what being Catholic was, uh-huh. you know, just witnessed to our faith. And so probably one of the greatest things uh, I've ever heard was at the end, he said, one of the reasons uh, that I've chosen to to do this was because how you guys are living your Catholic faith. It showed mm. me what I was missing. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. So those of you who are donating, you are giving people an opportunity to grow in their Catholic faith and sometimes come on the air and share their Catholic faith. And we do have a few more of you donors to announce right now, Rachel, right? Yes, we do. All right, Mari, I need you to keep count for me because I think I've counted 11, but you count as we go, okay? okay. Remember, the lucky number, not the lucky, well, St. Patrick's Day, the number we're going for is 12. So we're at, we think we're at 11. <laughs> but I think Deacon Ed said we want a baker's dozen, so it's really 13. Yeah. Oh, all right. all right. All right. Two more. So we going for 13. So you keep count for me, Mari. Make sure my math is right. So first, we have a late donation from yesterday. This is Gary and Laurie M. from Gainesville. And uh, Father Paul Porter, I hope you're listening because you just got one more tally in the, the priest standoff. I think that Father Michael is still ahead by about three points. Oh, but, I remember um, that yesterday. Yeah. Yes, they were duking it out big time in here. Yep. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Um, so, But Father Paul, you just got, you got another donation in your honor there. And uh, here's a donation from Mary and Dan S., from Atlanta in honor of Mari and Carol. Oh, thank you. Um, who else do we have? So we have Kate S. from Alpharetta, Andrew Lang, sorry, Andrew L. from Noonan, uh, Connie and Chris Z. from Noonan, Edward B. from Tampa, Florida, Eugene S. from Noonan, uh, Jose and Susan C. from Sharpsburg, uh, let's see, Philip N. from Atlanta, Robert S. from Noonan and Robert H. from Noonan. Yep, we got 11, so two more. We've got ten, We've got just over 15 minutes left. You can still call in. For well, we need more. to do that because the other story that we've shared with Father Tipton speaking about the Anglican community, the other person that we know very well is um, we have a brand new pastor, uh, and his name is Father Randy Maddox, and he came to the Catholic Church from the Episcopal Church. Oh, wow. Except he was Episcopalian, became Catholic, and then after that, he felt the call to become a priest. So, okay. So that's the other person that, yep. even though he and I did not know each other before we met this morning, uh, we, we were talking about, wow, six degrees of separation times two. Right, right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so you had become an, Ang- an Episcopal Episcopal priest. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you went to divinity school. Mm-hmm. You became an Episcopal priest. Actually, you got baptized at Divin- divinity school, right? Uh, right? Right prior. Right before right divinity prior. school, yeah. and then divinity school, and then you became an Episcopal priest. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, um, as you said, I, I love that imagery of the, the magnetic shards in your, in, you're just call, drawing you you're to home. To yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us where your story goes from there. All right, so you guys might have just missed the last couple things we were saying. It sounds like an emergency alert just played during our hour, so why don't you pick up where we left off, Mari, if you don't mind? Sure. <clears throat> um, we were just talking about how uh, we were talking about with Father Tipton how he had gotten baptized right before he went to the, into um, the, the, getting a Master's in Divinity, right, mm-hmm. at Duke? Mm-hmm. And then after that, I guess from there you went to seminary. Is that right? Is that how that well, works? Well, Divinity School is kind of like Protestant seminary. Okay, that's how basically. that works. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then like an independent Anglican year, you know, did some readings, lived in Worker House, worked at a Episcopal parish, and then came back to UGA. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so then you became an Episcopal priest. Okay, and mm-hmm. then? So from there, you know, you just sort of uh, begin living out the faith, right, as, as a Episcopal priest. So, you know, trying to say Mass every day, uh, which is very odd for an Episcopal priest. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's considered very, very odd to be saying Mass every day um, and saying the daily office every because, day. Hold on, because usually they only do it once a week? Or? Just on Sundays. Okay, just on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's allowed, but you know, people just sort of look at you funny, like, why would you do that? Because huh. right? well, it says, give us a day your daily bread. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it's right there in the prayer, right? So we should do that. And so that, that's part of what Anglicanism, I think, sort of gave me is this, this um, sense of what Pope Benedict, you know, would, would um, sort of harken back to some of his works. 
with what we pray is what we um, believe is what we live, mm -hmm. right? Lex Rani, Lex Credendi, Lex Vivendi. So, you know, the prayers become this thing sort of get into your bones under the marrow, and then you start asking questions like, how do I live this out? Mm -hmm. And that might not always uh, make sense with what you concretely see around you. And so, um, you know, uh, you don't exactly go walking inside a Catholic church, um, but, you know, you sort of find yourself reading more books by Catholics, listening to Catholic radio, there's Catholic websites, and you're uh -huh. like, I, you know, at some point someone says, you know, you have more Catholic books in your shelf than Anglican books? And you go, hmm, wow. when, when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, that all that sort of uh, gets into you. And so, you know, I, I, as I started to say earlier, I hit sort of a series of contradictions, um, praying the daily office constantly, you know, just deeply entrenched in Scripture. Uh, trying to live a liturgical life uh, and not thinking anything about that, right? I'm just saying this is just what it means to live, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so not compartmentalize my spiritual life and my life. It's just my life. And so, you know, you keep hearing Ephesians and Colossians 1, right? You know, the, the church is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ, mm -hmm. right? I'm like, there's only one body. Mm -hmm. The funny thing about bodies is they're one. They're visible. They're continuous. Mm -hmm. um, they're not invisible realities. They're actually uh, visible. So I'm looking for something that is historical, as concrete, and goes all the way back to the apostles and to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's hard to historically to, to make that claim about the Episcopal Church, right? But at the same time, you're not like, all right, let me just burn the whole thing down. Right. Right? Because, again, you have these beautiful practices. You're like, but this is what's driven me here. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you sort of have an option when you climb a ladder, right? You can either kick all the rungs out from underneath them when you go up, or you can take them with you. Mm -hmm. And so I had much more of the sense of, you know, as you climb the ladder of love, you have to take them with you. Uh, and so I discovered the ordinariate, discovered that the Catholic Church actually sort of laid everything out. The Anglicans, before me, Episcopalians, went to Rome, laid everything out, and said, here, take it. You know, it's yours. Uh, <laughs> in some sense, we kind of stole it, right, during the English Reformation <laughs> and Henry VIII. And uh, the church said, okay, okay, let's look at all of it. Some of this is very clearly Catholic. Some of what you guys do is actually pre-Reformation Catholic. Hmm. So in our Mass, um, our, uh, the confession is not the first thing we do. We say confession before receiving Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a Roman Mass, right, Catholic Mass. Um, we have something called the Collect for Purity, which comes from the old Serum Rite, which is a pre-Reformation Right, back when you had a, um, a diversity of, of rites, or, or pardon, a diversity of forms of mass within sort of the, the one Latin rite. Um, and so some of that stuff, they said, yeah, right, that's ours. Bring it home. Mm -hmm. Bring it home. Like that, properly speaking, that is part of the English-speaking Catholic heritage. Bring that home. And then some of it was developed after the Reformation, and they said, well, some of that, no, but some of that actually, while it was developed by Anglicans, is in essence Catholic. Hmm. But that's not up for, for y'all, Anglicans coming in to decide. That's up for the magisterium to decide. Yes, yes. So the Catholic Church, having that clear authority, said, this is what is Catholic. This is not what's Catholic. Slapped it together, made a missile. Um, our divine office, our daily office, pardon, our version of the Liturgy of Hours, just came out okay. we're, we're in our second printing. It's very, very beautiful. Um, the, the language of our Mass and the language of our prayer books are essentially what's called prayer book English. It's the English that you know Shakespeare would have grown up with as a boy. Um, that English survives in the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that old Angli Anglican sort of English. Yeah. And so for us, um, it's not that we want to be archaic or fancy or snooty. Um, it's that there's this sort of beautiful, sacral English mm -hmm. that we reserve for God. And so that has spoken to a, a particular group of people. They were talking about how mm -hmm. God, God meets us wherever we need. Right. And so for some people, there's a sort of beautiful sacral English that speaks to us. I'm like, I just feel like I should talk to God in a different way. So that's neat because when you gave our opening prayer, I remember thinking, oh, I love the language you're using. You were using, Holy you Ghost. Know? <laughs> right. Well, not only Holy Ghost, but even the these, you were saying the these, you were saying kind of the, and some of the things that we were used to hearing from kind of older, right? Mm -hmm. um, older English. Hold on one second. Rachel, you just tagged us and said you have some donors because remember we were yeah. going for that baker's dozen, right? Yeah. So I think, I think we're about to ring the bell. Let's see what we've got here. Um, so a minute ago we said Gary and Laurie M. They also wanted to give a shout out to Heidi. So just throwing that out there. Shout out to Heidi. Thank you, Gary and Laurie, for your donation. Um, okay. So now we start a new count of donors. Ready? We're at 11. So Ed and Christine K., late donor for the family, for Family Keeper. Yay. Thank you, guys. And Aaron I. from Stafford, Virginia. And Aaron says, Papa Deacon Ed, love Bella Bean. That's Aww. my, that's my... 
daughter and granddaughter, Aww. and that's her birthday. That's the today. one whose birthday is oh, today. Happy so, birthday! That's, awesome. that's number twelve, I think. Uh, yeah. So that's that's our um, number thirteen. Our number thirteen. That's We've got 13. a couple more, but Perfect. let's go on and ring the bell. All right. Woo! Beautiful guys, thanks. Deacon Ed, do you want to ring the bell too? Oh sure. Because since it was your thirteenth. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That's All awesome. right. So thank you guys. We've got a couple more. Let's see who else we have. Um, okay, it, Deacon Ed, you might be able to correct me in my pronunciation, but it looks like Joams L from Sharpsburg in honor of Deacon Ed. Okay, thank you very much. And then let's see. Oh my goodness, let's see. This one's from Noonan, Aikumi B in honor of Deacon Ed from his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Otashi no Kanai. Oh, that's my wife. Oh. And then one more, uh, Kimberly B. from Alpharetta. So we have reached our baker's dozen. Thank you guys yes. so and much. But you know it. what? Yeah. And we can keep calling. We've surpassed it. We might awesome. as well go for a second. Yeah. So keep calling 470-508-1160 or go to thequestatlanta.com. We only have about six minutes left in the hour. We're going to go to break soon, but that doesn't mean that you should stop calling. You can keep calling. You can keep going online thequestatlanta.com or call 470-508-1160. Yep, and we only have about one minute left, which is so crazy. This hour has gone so incredibly fast. Um, Father, we're going to have to have you on again because I think we were just starting to hit, uh, it's so so rich, the, the history that you have. So it's interesting because one of the things that I had said to you is I uh, questions, I said, what did you bring with you? And so you just so beautifully explained to us those rungs of the ladder that you brought up with love and it sounds like you brought them with you, but also the magisterium and the Catholic Church helped you bring them with you in such a beautiful way. So so I guess um, at St. Allred's, you guys actually have um, different forms of prayer, different ways that you, um, different words you use, things like that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the idiom is that kind of sacral English. Um, sacral English, yeah, okay. Yeah, or holy English, right? Um, you, you would clearly recognize the mass. Like this is the mass. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, most people who come there say like it's very reverent and it seems traditional in a way, but it's in English. You uh-huh. understand it, and 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 I get about ninety percent of it. But there's a few things moved and a couple <laughs> okay. of prayers I've never quite heard before. Uh-huh. Um, but um, it, it's kind of a thing unto itself. So in the Latin rite, you know, there's your traditional Latin mass, the extraordinary form. There's the ordinary form of the Mass, which is the you know post-Vatican II Mass that came out of that. And now there's a third form of the Mass in Latin, right, which is the ordinariate form. Ordinariate form. Of okay. the Mass. Yeah. Okay. And so that's what you celebrate at St. Allred's. At St. Allred's. Sunday's so, at 10 a.m. Sunday, I was just about to say, so <laughs> listeners, if you want to go and experience the ordinariate rite of, of the Catholic Mass, you go to St. Allred's Sunday at 10 a.m. and uh, tell Father Chipton hello. And Father, thank you so much for being on with us today. We have really appreciated and getting to hear some of your faith journey and how God just God is just amazing. I love how He does what He does. He is, and thank you very much for having me. Yeah, definitely. And Deacon Ed, we thank you so much as well. Thank you for driving up here from Noonan, thank and you. and for your gifts and giving of, of yourself as a deacon to the Catholic Church as well. Um, and we're going to ask you to close us um, in prayer, close this hour for us in prayer. Okay. Well, uh, I think it would only be appropriate if we close with a portion of Saint Patrick's Lorica. His oh. breastplate is, yep. and this has always touched me, and so let's just go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me. So... Be with us today, Lord. Help us and guide us. Be with us always. Bring us to that ultimate place where we will all be one. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you both so very much. We appreciate you being with us here on our pledge drive, Seek His Kingdom. And Rachel, we thank you for your work and your continued work with this as well. Everybody have a blessed day, and we do want more of that for you. We want more of Jesus for you in your lives. So amen, amen. Amen. Amen.